Welcome to She Lives and Loves, a podcast for women ready to fall head over heels in love with themselves and life. I'm your host, Karen Monaco, a conscious life creatrix, self-love guide, and intuitive poet. On today's episode, I'm introducing you to one of my favorite healers and soul sisters, Jessica Alejandro. In this interview, Jessica and I talk about being healers, being single, and what it's like to be solid in yourself. Go ahead, lean in, listen, and enjoy. Okay, so I am so excited to welcome Jessica Alejandro here to She Lives and Loves. So hello, Jessica, and welcome. Hello. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. So um, as with all interviews, we start off with a couple of fun getting to know you questions. These are channeled questions and we are launching right in. So the first question I got for you is what are you listening to right now? <laughs> uh, listening to book-wise, music-wise, what you are we talking about? You have total freedom to answer however you choose with these questions. Okay, okay. Um, and you know, I chuckled at that one because what am I listening to? What have I been listening to music-wise for the last three to four years? This <laughs> is the same person that I'm totally obsessed with, uh, Will Evans. Um, so that's my music. That's my music category. He's a combination of kind of, I mean, I listen to other things like Trevor Hall and other, you know, music I've steered, steered away from like traditional music on the radio just because spirit wise, it doesn't resonate with me anymore. There's a lot of lower vibrational things um, that just kind of don't resonate with where my heart space is right now. Um, so that's, I tend to listen to music that's a little bit more kind of um, about the earth and about, um, not, I don't wanna say spirituality, but more about like oneness and getting back to the basics and love and light and, shadow and all that stuff all the stuff that I'm like doing and working with um so that's music um books right now I just finished listening to um the art of forest bathing um and I forget the author but the art of forest bathing um so talking about just being out in nature more right using the forest to um really just align yourself and the forest as medicine to go out and meditate sit with the trees sit with the birds and the animals and just be so yeah and i know that um so two things one you had turned me on to will evans i guess february 2021 the song that you sent me what was it um life is a photograph is that mm -hmm. the correct name of it yes. it really got me through some hard a very hard chapter. What song right now are you completely loving from him? So there is a song called All My Relations. Um, and I think it's coming out in his new album. He has a new album being released soon. I mean, in, on October or on November 11th, he's releasing a new song and video, but it's not that one. But All My Relations, it really talks, It's it talks about kind of like the ancestral line, I think, more than anything else. He, you know, he talks about all my relations and coming back to that and being grateful for that. And, you know, kind of like the soul tribe, you know, it's kind of like, that's what he's talking about and how that has saved him from a lot of things. Um, so I hope that's what the song is about. That's what I'm interpreting the song to be about. <laughs> 
but well, that is you know we're not marketing him we're just <laughs> right, talking about right. the music, so. that's what I got out of the song um yeah so that that's um the one that I'm I'm really you know but life is a photograph is definitely one of the ones that is very I love that song um and he actually said it's it was the very first song that he wrote as a solo artist because he used to be with a band before um so that's a special one for him too you know that's powerful yeah and so, yeah, you, like I said, this, we are not sponsoring. We are him. not sponsoring <laughs> you. That's right. <laughs> Sorry. But go listen. Uh, yeah, go listen. Um, and then the second thing about the forest bathing, because being out in nature, I know is one of your practices. Uh, did that book kind of support you in deepening into that? Or was it, you know, sometimes we read things and it almost just affirms what we already know. And sometimes it can take us deeper. What? Kind of what was the contribution to your journey with that book you're such a good psychic it just it, aff it affirmed exactly that right the funny thing is this woman um and i i'll get her name in a minute i just um but she is she was a student of my teach shamanic reiki teacher lynn rob lynn cedar roberts so she mentions her a lot in the book and i think it was one of the the books that we were recommended to read th during you know the time we've been in the course um so uh, it just reaffirmed, right? Well, it just reignited because I think I've been missing a lot of that this past year. Um, I think the summer was fine. You know, I was traveling, I was out in nature a lot, but I think part of the reason I'm, when we, before we started this interview, I was saying that yesterday I was a little bit Kalima, a little bit, uh, you know, and I think it's part of that, not being out in nature enough. And so it, what it, it's, it's reminding me again, even though I know, right, cognitively I know, but reminding me and motivating me to go back into the forest and just be, again, and use that medicine. I love that. And what's so interesting is my goal for this month is to get back into my own nature walks once a week. And I actually was just talking to my um, one of my soul sisters, Nicole, about that yesterday. So we are all one. Yes, <laughs> we're, right. we're constantly reminded of that. All right, awesome. Mm -hmm. So the next question that came through is, if you were gifted $10,000 and you had to spend it on yourself, <laughs> yeah, that's what adds a little tingle to it. What would you use that 10K on? Hmm. On myself. Let's see. That's, I want to, first thing I want to say is vacation, right? Because I love to take, a, I would take the most luxurious vacation, but that seems really frivolous and like. I wouldn't spend all 10,000, but maybe like, you know, five, six, 7,000. <laughs> and part of self-love is a little, being a little frivolous every yeah. once in a while. Yeah. I love that. Any specific place that you're longing to go on vacation? Yeah. The Maldives. I would love to go to the Maldives or Australia. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I would take that money and go to a really far, far place um, like Australia or New Zealand or the Maldives. Mm -hmm. Um and maybe stay out there for a month and Ooh. just kind of be in that space, you know? Um, yeah, and try, maybe something a little cheaper than that because I only have $10,000. But no, those those are the places. Maldives is definitely like number one on my bucket list. That's one of the places I really wanna to go to. All of those places have really long flights. So that's kind of prevented me from even considering. Um, plus they're expensive, but I think that's that's where I would go go for a month and just see what happens mm -hmm. and, one of, and I know that we were recently talking about traveling between mm -hmm. the two of us and one of the things that I loved that you shared is that you love to be able to like 
really experience the culture of the places you go and journey to. Mm -hmm. This is not one of the channeled questions, but I just am dying to ask, has there been a place that you've gone where the culture just really spoke to your heart or you felt that sense of homecoming? Yeah, a couple of places, two places, really. I mean, most recently Costa Rica. Um, I just went in January and that really, it felt welcoming. In the beginning, it didn't because I think people are a little you know, the natives are a little bit like, oh, let's feel these people out. Um, but then it felt so welcoming and so beautiful. And the land itself, the ocean, the water, all of that. And and it was, I think I might have said this to you, where it felt like my sacred place. When I when I go on a journey, I started out at a sacred place. And my sacred place has the mountains and it has the beach and it has the forest and it has all these things. And Costa Rica has all of those together where you can see them and you're actually like in your safe place in real time so it's it's a beautiful beautiful setting um and believe it or not even though <laughs> a lot of people hate Jamaica Jamaica has felt to me um it's a very interesting culture wise in the tourist area right so in the touristy areas a lot of people have bad, a lot of people that visit have bad experiences because it's a tourist area and sometimes the natives aren't that you know, friendly with the tourists and it happens in places because they get tired of tourists coming and, you know, whatever. I mean, they're, they should be, they're grateful too, but they're, you know, uh, it's a lot. So, um, but go out in the country in Jamaica, I, I usually go, when I go, I go about two and a half hours away from the city. And it, that feels like this little, this resort that I go to, it just feels like I've been there before, you know, like it feels like home. Um, and it feels very safe. And I just go there and do nothing. Though That was the first time I've ever gone out of the country by myself and been in a place and just stayed and did nothing except drink and eat. <laughs> Again, self-love is about being a little frivolous and just That's right. and also about being right yeah. with themselves. Mm -hmm. um, okay. I just, I love that. Um, final question is what is a cause that you are deeply and wholeheartedly passionate about? Oh, so I, I, I'm going to say, I don't know if this is necessarily a cause. I mean, it is a cause, but it's not like a cause that people are donating to, right? Um, okay, so two things. A cause that I'm very passionate about is animal rescue, right? Animals, saving the animals, getting the people who um, beat them, like beat them or torture them or whatever in jail and killed if possible. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I know. Um, <laughs> friends here. I'm sure many animal lovers. So, right. so anyway. that's that's a big one. And if I could have all the animals in the world, like my dream, if those ten thousand dollars could be like you know a million dollars, then I would buy a property somewhere in like some I don't know South American, Central American place, and just have there's places like that where they just have dogs and animals, and I would just have animals all over the place. Um, but and I will clearly be living there with you. <laughs> yes, that's right. I'm like, come, let's just do it all together. I, I'm going to need help. There's going to be a lot of animals. Um, <laughs> I um, here. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but cause, I would say really, I mean, the work that I do, right? So really helping people find their way and get out of their own way. That's really, and I don't know if that qualifies as a cause, <clears throat> but it's a passion of mine to be able to help people really find their power 
right? Not me give them their power, but really have them not, and people, yes, but women specifically, um, because we have been fighting against each other for such a long time um, that to be able to help women find their own way so they can help other women find their way, right? Uh, that's that's like the big deep passion um, for me. Um, yeah, that's what I love to do. And I love that that's something that you're not only passionate about, but that you are actively doing. And it's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast because you have been so helpful for me on my self-love journey and helping me find my power, tap into it, and then understand what to do with it which is such a natural segue to your self-love path. So what catalyzed you? What was it that kind of, that made you realize, crap, I've got to start loving myself? You know, it was the desperation that I felt to be seen and loved by others really and it it used to put me it I was such a angry bitter person because of it right because I was looking for love outside of myself and I don't know something clicked one day and maybe not one day we know that's not the way it works right it's not like magically we wake up and blah 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 but along the way things were happening and something clicked and I said enough is enough I don't want to be angry I don't want to be bitter I don't want to keep making the wrong choices in relationships. I don't, I really need to do something because what I'm doing is not working, you know? And I just started to look inward and say, okay, it started with my clients, really. It started, and, and I was told by a psychic a very long time ago that whatever I say in the therapy room, I need to listen to because most of the time it's channeled. And most of the time it's something that I also need to listen for myself. Um, so I started talking about self-love. I don't know where I didn't, you know, it's just kind of those words start to come out and telling my clients, you know, what to cut out, what to do, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, well, I need to start doing this too, because if I'm not doing it, then I'm being a hypocrite. You know, I'm, I can't tell people to do this. And then I'm <laughs> doing the complete opposite of what I'm asking them to do. If I know this helps, why am I not doing it for myself? So I really started to, to go inward. I mean, part of the reason I wanted to have a partner was because I wanted children, right? I wanted children so badly my entire life from the time I could remember as a little girl, like I was like, I wanted to be a mommy. And, but then it just came to a point where it's like, you know, I don't want to be a single mom, you know, and the choices that I'm making in relationships aren't great. So I need to do something because the choices that I'm making in relationships are a reflection of me <laughs> and, and how I'm feeling about myself. Um, and, you know, at this point I'm 45, I'm still single, but I'm okay with it. You know, I'm okay in that space. I'm not going to lie and say I wouldn't want a partner. I would like to have sex. I mean, let's be real. Like, <laughs> and that's another thing, right? But that was another thing that I had to check because I was promiscuous and I was allowing <clears throat> people that should not have been in my energy field, you know, and that was another thing that was keeping me from looking in, inward and really, uh, really seeing that I wasn't loving myself. Not that other, I wasn't lovable, <laughs> that I wasn't loving myself. Mm. Um, and that's what we think. We think that we're not lovable because people reject us, but lo and behold, it's because we're not loving ourselves. Right. And Everybody's love lovable. Right. I love that. Were you already on 
So you do so many different things. Um, one thing I do want to presence is that you are a licensed marital and family therapist, or yes. is that the right LMFT? Yep. Um, were you, I mean, when did your spiritual journey start? Did they coincide or was it like you were initiated through self-love or was there something spiritual already happening? Um, just kind of curious about how that all came together. Well, I mean, my spiritual journey has been pretty much all my life. Like I've always had sensitivities. I wouldn't call myself a psychic medium at all, but, or anything like that, but not because I haven't developed that gift and because I'm scared to see dead people. Like, I don't want to see dead people. Um, (laughs) Really? But I always was sensitive to stuff like that. Right. So the spiritual journey was always a thing, but as you know, you start and you stop, you start and you stop because of things, you know, tear you away from that or it's scary or it's whatever and you don't know how to manage it um but really like just observing myself when I started to observe from the outside myself from the outside and see what was happening and see the train wreck that I would become whenever I ended a relationship or started a relationship or whatever the heck it was it that's really what eventually banging my head against the wall however many times is something just kind of, I don't know, something just kind of not snapped, but just clicked where it was like, I, and like I said, I started saying this to my clients and I was like, okay, well, if you're saying this to them, then you need to be saying it to yourself too. Mm -hmm. And it really, I would say probably at the age of 34, five, six, um, where I, I call it unrequited love. It's not really unrequited love, but it was like, I had these attractions to these people and it it was so intense. And then it wasn't returned. And I'm like, okay, I'm totally off. Why am I not reading the signs? Why am I like interpreting things that aren't there? Um, So I really just had to take a step back and, and look at what was happening and what I was doing and why was I making these things up and really just take a look at myself, you know? So I don't know if I answered the question because I feel like I went on a ramble. But <laughs> well, that's, rambles, tangents, it's all good here. <laughs> because there is a reason, you know, you mentioned that when you're in your sessions with clients that you're channeling. And I feel mm-hmm. like every single word that's coming out of everyone's mouth, at, there's somebody that needs to hear it. It's going to resonate with someone and the message will be received. Yeah. One of the things that I really, because uh, it's come through twice while you were talking is the how integrity that integrity of I'm saying this to my clients I need to follow through is such an act of Mm self-love and propels you deeper within yourself but also the potential that you have to make that impact so if you can reflect back what were some of the uh, some of the guidance some of the tips some you know the tools the whole thing that you found yourself saying to clients that you knew it was time for you to also follow through with them. Mm-hmm. Well, the first thing was saying no. <laughs> you have to start saying no to people, right? I mean, that's an act of self-love. When you're doing and, and, and doing for others all the time, you forget to do for yourself or you don't do for yourself or you don't allow time for yourself. So those were the first things. It's like, you have to say no. You have to, you know, if the person isn't, you know, if there's no reciprocity in this relationship, then you have to set the boundaries. So we were talking about saying no, we're talking about setting boundaries and not just with saying no, but in other physical boundaries and space boundaries and all these things. Um, 
so those were the first things that I started talking to people about and then also like telling them to really look at themselves I mean I Louise Hay has been a person that I've you know since I was 15 years old (laughs) um but I I started having them do mirror work and looking in the mirror and affirmations you know affirmations in the mirror so that was kind of the beginning of that um and then you know writing love letters to themselves that was another thing that I have I still have clients do that especially when they're on this transitional journey of like either contemplating divorce or whatever it is you know it's like okay so let's write a love letter to yourself and that is really really hard for people (laughs) it is it's sometimes it's even harder than like writing a letter to a parent that they're estranged from or something like that um so yeah those were the things that had and I did them too, you know, I started doing them for myself and it's like, okay, this is opening my eyes. Like I need to really focus on me and eventually my partner will come, you know, and that relaxed me because I was so angry. And so, and every time I went to a psychic, I'm like, when is he coming? And, oh, he's coming. And I'm like, that's bullshit. I'm sick of the spirit guide telling me he's coming. And I've been hearing it for like 15 years, but it helped me relax. And it, I know he's out there somewhere. Will we find our, will we find each other this lifetime? Maybe, maybe not, but it's not that search anymore because I have myself, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm solid in myself. That's why I can travel out of the country by myself. That's why I can do, you know, so many people can't be alone with themselves because they're afraid to be alone with themselves. But when you do that self-love, when you really practice that self-love, you're like, yeah, I'm a pretty cool person. I like being with myself. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and also it's, being able to love the parts of us that we do deem unlovable, that we do feel um, are the reasons that we've been rejected by other people. That's right. right. And so much of your journey, writing those self-love letters, Mm -hmm. uh, starting to say no, I think that's the gateway there to, Mm -hmm. I remember because when I sat down to write my first self-love letter it was a blank page for days that's right (laughs) if you're listening and haven't tried that yet definitely dive into and write a letter to yourself yeah um but the yeah and I also love this because you know as a reader as a psychic I get many a people many a women especially well only because I only read for women for for the most part (laughs) that are asking, when is my partner? When is my person coming? And so I love that this, this suggestion that like allowing yourself to relax into it and, and trust mm-hmm. that they're out there and they'll come. I'm sure that was a bit of a journey though. No, so yeah. <laughs> can you talk a little bit, share a little bit about that journey with us? Cause I know many of us need to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, it is a journey and trust me, don't, I, I'm not like completely like absolved of it. I still have my moments where I'm like, where the freak is he? Where is he? Like, <laughs> I'll be like, go to the grocery. Is that him? Is that him? You know, I have those moments still, but not as, as often. Right. And the frustration isn't there and the anger isn't there and the loneliness isn't there because that's what it imposes on us. Right. All of those things are self-imposed because we're thinking that we need this other person to complete us or to be, you know, part of us. And it's like, but if we don't have all parts of us, then how are we going to add somebody else to that? You know, we have to call our parts back first and foremost. And that's what the journey of self-love does. That's what the journey of self-healing does. Mm -hmm. Um, 
so I, yeah, it was, it was getting to the point of acceptance, surrender, and allowing the universe and my guides to just have it be what it is. Because at this point in time, I've done so much work on myself. There's no way I'm accepting anything less than uh, in a vibration than where, where I'm at or close enough to it. You know, I can't have somebody bringing me down in their vibration and having me uh, take care of them emotionally. Like I need someone who's going to be able to take care of his own emotions and be a support and not a hindrance <laughs> in yeah. my process, you know? Yeah. Well, and you really embody, I feel it so much in the way you hold yourself and, you know, it's one thing to say the words, but the way you hold yourself you aren't going to accept the breadcrumbs. You are going to get the whole damn gourmet loaf. (laughs) And I really (laughs) love that. One of the things that you said about welcoming all parts of ourselves in and being such a part of that self-love journey, was there a part that you really grappled with accepting or I mean, we all know that we, the answer is yes for all of us, right? There's (laughs) no part, right? But um, if you feel comfortable sharing, is there, can you talk a little bit about that part and maybe even the process that helped you start to say, I'll bring you in, I'll allow you to come in? Yeah, it wasn't, I don't think I've ever had any problems accepting my parts. I think I've had a problem calming them down, right? So (laughs) I love that. It was more, you know, because if we call it, let's say shadow, right? I operated in my shadow parts pretty much all of my 20s and all of probably half of my 30s, like seriously, <laughs> the angry, the bitter. I mean, I still had, I still was me, right? I was still sweet and nurturing and loving and all those things. But most of the time, if you, if anything triggered me or if you did something, I'm going to bite. It was, that's the way it was. Um, you know, my tongue lashings were big. I've made grown men cry, you know, that type of situation. <laughs> So the, the, it was more about being able to fully love them and calm them down, right? Because the angry part, that, that tongue lashing, that dragon, that um, it took a long time to let her understand that she didn't need to protect me anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. And that, that was a lot of, it was self-love work, but it was also <laughs> work that I had to do around my daddy issues, you know, and accepting that my father was who he was. And he taught me with the things that he all, didn't do, you know, um, <laughs> because sometimes our parents teach us with the stuff that they don't do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, once I worked on that, once I accepted on that, once I, ref- I um, repaired my relationship with my dad and let go of that anger, um, she calmed down you know, and that was an angry, like pre-adolescent part of me, probably like 11, 12 year old girl that was, you know, like, you're not going to hurt me. I'm going to hurt you first or whatever it was. It was, you know, so that was in order to get her to be soothed, in order to soothe her, in order to um, fully embrace her. Um, So I guess it was a little bit of acceptance, um, but I knew she was there and she operated very well in her space uh, or so she thought, um, but yeah, it was about really learning to soothe her mm-hmm. and, and nurture her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And did you find in that process that she found her place? Like she found 
when she was needed and necessary? Yes. Okay. Yes, definitely. And she's still feisty and all those things. Um, but she's more um, refined, let's put it that way. <laughs> right. Well, she's I, integrated, you know, she's, yeah. she's yep. there That's and right. she knows that. And through that process, through your own work, it sounds like you've been able to really tap into rather than allowing her to run the show, mm-hmm. really calling her in when it's appropriate. That's right. Um, and if it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a powerful message because so often we look at our shadow or the, the less than desirable parts of us um, for people who aren't familiar with the term shadow, right. um, the less than desirable, di- desirable parts of us, but also the parts of us that we would rather other people not know about. Um, yeah, that is, once we allow them in, we're able to utilize them in a way that's really healthy. That's right. And that amplifies our light. Okay. Um, all right. So if somebody, uh, what I would really love to do is kind of explore this idea of being single and being on a self-love journey because, and I think even if you're not single, single, mm-hmm. um, alone time, loneliness is very real, even when you're in a relationship. So I do want to really highlight that here too. Mm-hmm. But what tips, do you have for people or what would be a good way to get comfortable with being alone? Okay. Um, we just, we talked about forest bathing, right? And I hate forest bathing, going out in nature, right? Just go out in nature and sit with yourself, bring a journal with you and just listen to yourself, right? Listen to what, and it might, it's your higher, when you go out in nature and you connect, it's your higher self. So you're connecting with your soul. So try to do things that are connect that are going to connect you to your core self, your higher self, your soul. Uh, take yourself out to lunch, take yourself out to dinner. Um, you know, go do things that are going to have you be alone and contemplating with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to feel super uncomfortable in the beginning, but it is so important. Schedule a float, you know, I don't know, the, the floating float thing. Tank. That's a real, yeah, the float tank, that's a really good space to be alone. And it's a short period of time, right? And it's finite, it's finite. So you can do that and like, but all those moments where you can listen to the whispers of your own soul, that's really um, what's gonna get you to feel comfortable with yourself. Date yourself, right? The things that you would wanna do with a partner, do with yourself. Mm-hmm. Go to a vineyard, go to... Apple, like nobody's people are going to look at you and you you may think they're looking at you like oh what's wrong with her no they're looking at you like wow she's yeah. she's here alone with reverence and respect that's what people that especially women who can't be alone who don't know how to do that you know um and be open to striking up conversation with others you know because you learn a lot a lot about yourself when you have conversations with other people and because somebody may say wow you know, you're really courageous to be here by yourself, or whatever it is, whatever the, the com- comment could be, you know, be open to, to those things too, right? It's not just solely about being by yourself, but have those moments to listen to the whispers of your soul and also allow others because, you know, the universe, God, whatever gives us these earth angels that come to us in very strange situations for, <laughs> for very appropriate reasons. So allow yourself to be open to those messages too. Mm, I love that. Because I, and I also think that I actually feel like the 
external world is shifting their focus, we're not looking at people that are alone or single anymore, like there's something wrong with them. That's right. Mm -hmm. Somebody sent me a meme last night about being single over the holidays. And I was like, well, it's not, you know, being single isn't a disease. At least that's not how I feel. (laughs) No, I think one of the things that I'm proud of on my journey has been that I've been able to finally, after years of hopping from relationship to relationship, be single and be happy about it. Yeah. So I love that what you're talking about, you know, and it is that idea of self-love dates and date Mm -hmm. nights with yourself. It is, I think it's having a big impact on the collective, the more of us that are out there doing it. Mm -hmm. So there's me going off on a tangent. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I wanted to bring it back to the loneliness thing, because I have so many clients say to me, I'm so lonely. I'm so lonely. Um, And even in being in relationships, right? But I always say, which is silly and cheeky and whatever, but true all in the same. I said, you you can never, loneliness is a self-imposed thing. You can never be lonely because you have yourself, Mm -hmm. right? You could be physically alone, but loneliness is an emotion that we impose on ourselves because we think we don't have things. Mm -hmm. But if you can look within yourself, you have so many treasures inside of yourself. You know, you just have to look at them. There, there aren't little goblins. Well, maybe there's little goblins and monsters in there, but you have to love them too. And then they turn into cute little Care Bears, you know? So <laughs> I love the Care Bear reference. So <laughs> my nickname since I was an infant. But I also think like this idea of when we find ourselves being lonely, there's a gift in that. There's right. a message that... yes is trying to come up to the surface. Mm -hmm. And the best thing we can do is be in that loneliness fully with an open heart and without expectation. Mm -hmm. But again, you know, I, and I think that this is so important because it, it, you know, there are people that are in relationships that are lonely. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we think, and isn't that just proof that being in a relationship, being with someone, having a lover or, you know, what, whatever label we want to put in it is not the fix. It's not the cure. Mm -hmm. So um, such a delicious coming together that was. Yes, that's, it is. That's so true. It is. That's not the cure. All right. So Mm -hmm. let's see, what else can we, or what else? Hmm. What I know you've mentioned the um, art of forest bathing, any other books that you kind of fell in love with or fell into, and they don't even have to be personal, spiritual, self-development, just people who listen are bookworms. And I would love to give them your recommendation for a book that could potentially change their life or just bring more pleasure in. So it's funny. I, I am, um, a big, um, Okay, let me look her name up because I always get it. Um, I always get it wrong. Uh, Pinkola Estes. Um, mm-hmm. I always forget her first name. Um, Clarissa. Clarissa. Right. Yes. yes, Clarissa Pinkola Estes. I love her storytelling. Like, I mean, that is kind of spiritual stuff because a lot of her stories are that. And I don't know if I've have haven't read a non self help spiritual book in a long time. So I. <laughs> I'm going to be honest about that. Um, and I'm on my reading hiatus right now. You know, I go through phases where I read five or six books at a time and then I read nothing. Um, but um, her books, um, 
I don't know, they bring me joy. And I listen to a lot of her books. So it's her, her voice and her, uh-huh. the way she speaks and her, she has this kind of uh, um, New Mexico accent or whatever, like she's, um, but those books are great because they talk about women's stories, mm-hmm. you know, and how women prevail from all of the, um, all of the nonsense of the patriarchy, basically. I mean, she doesn't say it in those words and it's all, you know, in parables and, and, and stories and, and old stories from um, fables and those kinds of things, but it's always that where a woman is being, you know, and then she finds tormented or whatever and she finds her way into her own power. Um, mm-hmm. But I love it in the, in the storytelling piece of it. So, yeah. Yeah, when I, what I loved about women who run with wolves, which is the only one that I've read by her. I'm not sure what else she has written in every single chapter. It was so applicable. Yes. Something I was going through mm-hmm. or had been through in my life. And I could so easily see how the myths and legends and folklores yep. were still living out those journeys. Yeah, that's right. That's and right. the wisdom and the way forward is embedded in a lot of these stories, which yep. is so yummy every time I think about that it's like oh the answer is right in front of us it's been lived before we just have to now live it for ourselves okay Mm -hmm. and then um you know you are and I have worked with you I mean obviously you're one of my soul family one of my soul sisters you're one of my favorite humans here Mm -hmm. on the planet um, so personally, I adore you, but I've worked with you professionally as well. We've done sessions together. You have been such a teacher for me. If somebody wants to work with you, what do you have going on right now? How can they, how can they get in on your magic? Okay. So like you said, I got a lot of stuff going on. Um, <laughs> um, so really, I'm really trying to transition my business into the more spiritual energy work stuff, right? So, you know, I have the traditional psychotherapy, um, which is thriving and great and all that. But I also do crystal dreaming, uh, which is a shamanic journeying inside of a crystal mandala. It puts you in an altered state of mind, kind of like a, it's it's a altered state, reaching an altered state without using any kind of drugs or anything like that. Um, to really kind of delve into traumas and releases and releasing those traumas, right? So that's one thing. I also do shamanic Reiki, which is just a combination of shamanic practices and Reiki. And I do um, sound healing. The sound healing, ironically enough, has taken a a jump to the forefront of everything. Um, So I do those in my office um, right now about two or three times a month, usually on Mondays at 630. Um, And it's not just sound healing, like you go to a sound healing and somebody plays some bowls and then you leave. This is more of an experience. It's kind of like a little mini retreat. We do a meditation, um, we do a card pull, or I place a card um, and then we do a share at the end after the, the, you know, and there's always a theme, whether it's full moon, new moon, or some kind of heart chakra or something, you know, Um, because I want it to be a healing experience and not just a sound bath. You know, people go to a sound bath and they feel relaxed and it's great. People really have transformative experiences where they connect with themselves, where they connect with guides, whatever it is. And and that's what I try to, that container that I try to create for people. And I know that that is often in person, but I did recently see that you had some online potential with that. Is that accurate? Okay. Yeah, so, so I'm trying to bring that into the online space too for people. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful. And then is the crystal dreaming, is that something that can be done virtually? 
Yes, it can. Okay. So yeah, I am a crystal dreaming teacher. Um, I'm one of two in the United States because this is this came from Australia. Uh, Rain Richards was the downloader of this information. Um, and my teacher, Jude Smith, was the only trained teacher in the United States. And I just recently got trained last September. Uh, still yet to teach a class. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to bring in students, bring in students. Um, but it's a really nice addition to, if you're a practitioner of any kind of energy work, it's a really nice addition to uh, your toolbox. Um, it's a it's a beautiful modality where it, you can go really quick into stuff. Or sometimes people have a hard time because they're very blocked. But um, you know, there's there's it's really nice to get through the layers and and uh, a little quicker than psychotherapy, traditional psychotherapy. Beautiful. And I think that you blend what makes working with you such a magical experience is that you do have this gift to blend so many different modalities mm -hmm. uh, and it offers that holistic experience. So, I mean, if you can't tell, I highly recommend working with Jessica Thank and you. I will drop her links down in the show notes or the, the description. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so final thing, what is next for you? And it hmm. can be anything. What is next? Um, I really want to do, so I want, I'm, I'm really considering moving out of the country. <laughs> so on a personal note, that's, that's what I'm, I'm considering. I don't know. I would love to be a snowbird, you know, six months somewhere South Central America. Um, and then six months up here oh, or something like that. Not a snowbird in Florida? <laughs> No, that is the last place I want to go. Sorry, that's the last place I want to go. <laughs> I used to want to move to Florida and then no. <laughs> yeah. um, awesome. I Oh, I love that. Okay, so that you had mentioned that's kind of personally something that you yeah. have on. Is there anything professionally that you're um, itching to maybe explore or expand upon um, or play with? I just want to create more circles, you know, bigger and more circles for people and spaces where women don't feel lonely, you know, where women, I, I have also so many clients that say, I don't have any friends. I don't, when you start the spiritual journey, you know how it is, right? Friends fall away. Then that's when the loneliness kicks in, right? Because you're like, oh my God, what's going on? So I want to create energetic sound spaces for women to go and feel safe and be social as well. Oh, I love that. Ooh. Wow. All right. So on that note, now that I'm covered in chills, um, I do want to just say thank you so much to Jessica for coming on today and sharing her radiance um, and her wisdom with us. It's been a true pleasure. Um, and again, contact her, work with her using the link down below or the links down below. And we will see you or I will see you next week. Thank you.